This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to uh, The Soul's Journey. I'm Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I am your um, uh, producer and host and uh, progenitor of, of all this business uh, for, for the next hour. And today I'm talking about the asteroid Lucifer, which is not talked about that much, uh, but when it is, people tend to get a little nervous or not sure that they want to hear about it. And I've been specializing, this is one of the you know seven or eight uh, kind of um, niche archetypes I've been focusing on and specializing in for the last few years. The last week you heard a little about Lilith, which was one of those, doing a lot of intuitive research and channeling and, and uh uh, working with clients on that archetype, and, and Chiron, I think you've heard about uh, in the last few months uh, from me, and Lucifer is another one. So I'll tell you how how I got there, <laughs> tell you how to look it up in a chart, uh, give you uh, some insights into the archetype versus the myth, which is always important for understanding uh, what's really happening, and then uh, I'll, I'll go through the uh, house's and the signs of uh, the, this astrological Lucifer. So you can put it all together in your own chart for, for what I'm talking about with this, with this archetype. Uh, first, some announcements. Uh, the next uh, Jehudi full moon call, uh, on which or during which, over which, I'll be channeling the Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth or Toth, uh, Saint Germain and Merlin, uh, for the uh, full moon is uh, actually going to occur right around the time of the full moon on Saturday, January 26th in the afternoon uh, Pacific time. So you can uh, register for that through, through tdjacobs.com. It's an hour-long uh, meditation and grounding exercise and then clearing energy, and Jehudi does some energy work uh, through me on you. It's really powerful stuff. The Intuitive Skills Development 1 course begins February 3rd for eight weeks. There are a handful of spots still open. If you want to uh, check that out, feel free to give me a call uh, at area code 213-925-6019 uh, to ask me questions or email me at tom at tdjacobs.com. To find out uh, more about it, I posted a, a sheet with details on tdjacobs.com. Uh, the best thing to do is uh, go to that site forward slash time and you'll see my calendar. Go to the February 3rd entry, and you'll be able to, to link to the or click through to the PDF with all the details. But feel free to call or email if you have questions about if it's uh, if it's right for you. And energy is money is energy begins on uh, January 26th as well. And um, it's it's a really interesting course that that helps you understand the flow of love in your life, the flow of energy and emotion, and are you keeping things out which may actually keep you from manifesting what you want. You know, are you trying to keep out something negative uh, in the form of a relationship or, or a judgment from self or other, uh, you know, to make sure you don't collect something you don't want or gather it? And this course looks at that. It's, it's incredibly powerful work. I've, this is the fourth time I've, I've taught it and, or will be teaching it, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It begins with um, insights from Jehudi, the Ascended Master, about energy, money, and love. And then I take a, a small group into the class to look at your birth charts to see what your blocks might be uh, to receiving and to uh, judging yourself that might actually incur debt, in fact. It's about transforming debt and opening to receive. That's the tagline. 
So those are the announcements. So let's talk about the S-word Lucifer, the, the technical part of it. Let me tell you how to find this in your own chart. Uh, first of all, for your reference, it's asteroid 1930-1930. And uh, the easiest way that I do it is go to astro.com, which is Astrodeans. And um, go there, and uh, at the top of the page, you'll see uh, small white menu items. Uh, the first one is horoscope home and then free horoscopes. Click on free horoscopes at astro.com. And then scroll down to, in the right-hand column, the bottom entry, Extended Chart Selection. And then you click on that. And then at the bottom of that, uh, there is a, a, a box, a, a long text box. And the, and the text above it says Additional Asteroids, Fixed Stars, and Other Objects, etc. Type in 1930. And then you can, you know... Select the other chart details you like, including a different house system or um, a date for transits or whatever. Uh, but that's what you do: one nine three zero in that additional asteroids box, and you will come up with uh, with the asteroid Lucifer in the chart. I think it shows up as um, I don't think the whole thing is spelled out, but you'll but you'll see it in there. You'll notice it. And in the legend, it's one nine three zero. So this archetype, um, you know, people get nervous when this word comes up, and this is a uh, testament and evidence to the fantastic success of the uh, of us, of humans, as culture shapers over the last few thousand years to make us nervous about this archetype. Last week I talked about Lilith, and as it turns out, Lilith is kind of turned out to be the responsibility demonizing the natural feminine, which has to do with being and flowing and connected to instinct and the body and visceral and earthy you know, connects us to the wisdom of the earth. That was kind of the job of um, the the developers, the the progenitors of uh, Judaism, uh, that demonizing the natural feminine. When uh, the shift of focus in certain cultures turned to Christianity, approximately two thousand years ago, uh, you know, the the thing about the feminine and the vilification of it and the uh, trying to distance us from our natural feminine side was complete. So the emphasis was shifted to the natural masculine. Now, the natural masculine is a mind energy, and it is doubt. So, you know, the uh, the story about Lucifer, most people don't even know that story. All they know is, oh, fallen angel, thought he was better than God, left because he was a jerk. You know, some kind of like reductionist thing like this. And when I was doing uh, research a number of years ago on this process or on this, this archetypal process as opposed to the myth of Satan and the devil and blah, blah, blah that comes down to us to make us fear it, I had to go back to the, um, to the Hebrew version of the story. You say, what? There's a Hebrew version of Lucifer or a Jewish version? And uh, this is of the archangel. Uh, the name is spelled S.A. M-A-E-L. I always say Samael, but it could be Samael. I don't know. I'm sure a, a knowledgeable, wise listener probably knows the difference and can <laughs> be happy to email me and correct me. But anyway, going back to that story of that archangel actually tells the real story because it isn't uh, framed in terms of evil. It's framed in terms of doubt and dissent from the person in charge, from God. So... Um, the full story on Lucifer, and let me just tell you this because I can't tell you the full story in, uh, you know, in the next, uh, 48 minutes or whatever. Um, in the Living in the Present Tense Nettle Report, one of the four archetypes that's addressed in terms of emotional healing is Lucifer, and it's in your chart with your house and sign explained in detail. 
Uh, also, Living Myth, Exploring Archetypal Journeys, that book, available uh, through my site as well as Amazon and Kindle. There's a chapter in there on Lucifer. And then there's also a recorded uh, talk that I think is about an hour long called For the Love of God, and it's all about Lucifer. And that's available through tdjacobs.com too. And that's where I uh, did a, a, a workshoppy kind of situation uh, at the Bodhi Tree in L.A., and I brought in maybe 10 or 15 people and told this story for the first time. And that was in uh, September of 2008 is when I kind of started talking about this story. So we're, we're nervous about the, the notion of evil, but the fact of the, this archetypal story is that it's about doubt and dissent. And so culture shapers, you know, we, us, it's not to, you know, call them that to make them seem like something else. It's us in many lives. We're, we're creating a world for ourselves to inhabit. And um, we found it useful to demonize doubt and dissent. So there we go. We have, you know, we kind of make Lucifer the the worst uh, four letter non four letter word in you know in our in any of our languages. The name means bringer of light. So you have to wonder what's going on here. It is ultimately about bringing light. It's about being of service and bringing light. But if well, let me just tell you a little bit about the myth. So um, so uh, Samael or Samael. Uh, is one of the one of the archangels and 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 when uh this is this is according to these these old texts when uh god <laughs> the patriarchal god created adam he called all the angels together and said hey guys look what i just did i just made the greatest thing next to me well, let's all bow down and worship this being and about two-thirds of the of the angelic host did it because Here's the big guy telling them to do it, so they did it. <laughs> About a third kind of started scratching their foreheads or temples or beards or something and said, wait a minute. And the, the kind of spokesperson who came to the fo- forefront was uh, Samael or Samael. And he came forward and said, wait a minute, you told us that uh, as angels we you know, express your divine essence and we carry it with us and we, we kind of um, you know, carry your divine essence everywhere. And you're asking us now to bow down uh, – you know." to a being made of dirt. It just doesn't seem right. Something's a little weird about that. And God says, hey, just do it. <laughs> and this archangel says, gosh, but I love you too much to, you know, to act like I respect what looks like a boneheaded or out-of-integrity uh, decision that you're making. I don't know if I can support that. I love you too much to, uh, to support that. So... He feels like he has to leave as a form of protest, but it is because he is devoted. Think about that. If you have respect for somebody, can you stand by and watch that person do something completely out of integrity? Like when we love somebody, this is anybody. This is a friend, a spouse, a parent, anybody, a coworker, colleague, anybody. When we love somebody, we Sometimes we idealize the person, but that's not the point. But but that's an extreme of holding in our minds and hearts the best that that person can be. So if I love you and respect you, I can't you know let you get away with it. Not because I have to police you, but because my love for you is supposed to help you become better. That's what I want for you. That's my vested interest in my relationship with you is that you are your best. So it looks – you know, when we get to the, the the Christian version of the story, you know, he's evil. You know, he separates himself from God. He's a 
you know, he's all kinds of bad, right? He's the definition of bad. And um, the poster, you know, the poster being for bad, you know, bad in the bad way, right? So um, he says, look, I can't respect this. I have, to, I have to separate myself from you. I have to go away for a bit. <laughs> That's the idea. So, so he leaves, and about a third of the angels who, who agreed with his position and saw a flaw in God's logic and couldn't respect it, you know, couldn't support it because they loved him too much, uh, left with him. So there you have the fall. That's the fall. That's the original story. And then it gets turned into you know, something very different. Uh, with the uh, the advent or the uh, the genesis of um, of Christianity, because to go against a patriarchal god and therefore to go against people who are aligned with the cultural imperatives, you know, cultural directives about you know what a man is like, what a woman's like, what a job is supposed to be like, you know, what food is supposed to be like, anything the culture deems you know should be, to go against that authority invested in whatever, these authority figures by by divine right or whatever. Lots of these phrases get tossed around in history. It's not just poetical in 2013. It's this is happening on the timeline. These people get real we, you, me, we we get really into this using all this rhetoric. But um to go against the prevailing uh edict is a separation from society and is and needed to be uh, uh how do you say that? Uh what's the word? Needed to be discouraged. So you have this uh, idea that doubt is evil. Well, doubt is a natural part of the human mind. And uh, it's actually very useful, as I'll explain uh, here in a few minutes. But um, to go against the prevailing uh, agenda is said to be evil so that you don't do it. <laughs> so, so kind of you know, flashbacking to last week for a moment with Lilith. You know, to listen to your body over what somebody is telling you your body should do or be is bad. And here, and that's like the wisdom of the natural world that comes up into your body, which is the, the essence of the natural divine feminine in any being, regardless of gender. And then switch to a couple thousand years later, because uh, that ball was rolling. <laughs> switch to a couple years later, and now let's focus on the masculine getting these doubters and these naysayers and these people who, who insist on thinking independently, getting them to be a little more quiet and to stop this. So this is actually the essence of this Lucifer story. And when I say it, I don't call it Samael or Samael. I call it Lucifer because the asteroid is named Lucifer. How I um, found out about this was uh, I went to, I think it was the third annual evolutionary astrology conference uh, put on by uh, graduates of um, Jeff Green's uh, school. And I went to that, I think it was in Sedona, Arizona in uh, 2005, spring sometime, maybe April-ish. And I went to that, and um, and, and Jeff Green was there uh, doing a couple Q&A sessions. And somebody asked him um, about the archetype of Lucifer, and the work he had done on it, um, you can find some stuff online about that. You could just search, you know, Jeff Green and quotes and look for Lucifer. You'll find some stuff and some transcripts from uh, from different things and, and chat room uh, chat room uh, things copied and stuff like that for his students. And the direction he went, you know, had a lot to do with his own Lucifer in Virgo in the tenth square of the nodes. So essentially, he's working on karma surrounding this archetype and. And um, 
so he's got he's got his own thing, and then some some people who have gone through his program will kind of carry that forward and talk about Lucifer in the way he does. But what you're hearing from me is a uh, is a, a new interpretation, definitely for astrology. I have talked with other people who are into the mythology and esoteric stuff who totally jive with the story and get it. Um, but as far as astrology goes, you know, the asteroid is looked at sometimes in terms of the notion of evil, and um, you know, it's just baloney. So we're taking our first uh, break right now, uh, and, and stick with me. Come back and uh, learn all about asteroid one nine three zero and uh, and owning the light within you. is here. To evolve now, we must understand ourselves on all levels. It's time to live more consciously, release the past, heal our emotions, and develop solid boundaries going forward. What's the bottom line? We need to be present. A Living in the Present Tense Astrology Report by Tom Jacobs explores four points in your birth chart to help you upgrade your experience of energy and emotion. Pluto, Chiron, Lilith, and the asteroid Lucifer as Lightbringer are explained to help you heal and experience your multidimensional self. Readers call this report amazing, beautifully written, right on the mark. Join others living in the present tense today. Order your report through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And today uh, we're talking about uh, asteroid Lucifer, 1930, uh, owning the light. So um, this notion this notion of evil, um, this is what at that conference was uh, asked of Jeff Green during this Q&A. Somebody raised uh, her hand and said something very similar to – and this was my first exposure to, um, you know, to, to what he had said about it. And then I looked it up soon after, as I'll explain. But – uh, somebody said something like, you know what, I think my ex-husband was one of those people who signed a pact with evil. And he wanted – the the person wanted him to comment on this. So my, my take on his experience of talking about Lucifer was he just kept encountering all these people who um, focused on that kind of thing. And he did talk about uh, kind of signing contracts with evil. You can look that up and read about that. I don't, I don't do that at all. I don't focus on that because of what – because of how I conceive of evil and how I, how I define that. And frankly, as far as Lucifer goes, Pluto has more to do with evil than Lucifer <laughs> when you get down to it almost at any uh, – you know, thought out, thoughtful definition. Um, 
So, so anyway, so he mentions this and this, you know, somebody says, blah, 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 Lucifer packed with the devil or whatever. You know? And, uh, he gave the response, whatever that he felt like in the moment. And I don't even remember that, what he said, because my ear perked up intuitively. And I was like, oh, I have, I have to go home and find out where Lucifer is in my chart. Just kind of like, you know, robotically possessed. Like I, I couldn't do anything else. So I drove home at the end of the conference and looked it up in my chart and it's 20 minutes off my son. So, I suddenly understood a lot about myself because if if you if you look at Lucifer in terms of the story in terms of uh, doubting that you should do something, um, you know you don't want to seem bigger than God, right? You don't, and, and how it comes through is people saying or implying or sending you notes under your door that you're selfish or arrogant or you're too big for your britches. But those are the kind of phrases that, that you're, you're self-centered, something like this. Your ego is too big, and that's kind of how people who live a Lucifer story find out that they're living a Lucifer story <laughs> is where other people uh, project this project this stuff on them. So you know, if you take up too much space, if you're self-interested – you're self-centered or selfish, then you don't fit well into the kind of uh, society we've been creating for the last few thousand years because you're supposed to, in a Piscean, Piscean age flow, do what other people think is normal and kind of fit into the thing, you know, fit into things. So uh, I understood so much about myself because the sun is about creativity. The sun is about shining. Lucifer is about shining. And I had up to that point and a couple years after this, as I integrated this, I was afraid to be a Scorpio. I was afraid to really tell the truth, you know, not always avoiding everything or, you know, truthy kinds of things, but I was afraid to tell it like it is. I couldn't do my job or do the show and feel good about it if I were not able to do that. So it did take some years to grow into because I had to realize that. A, what a Scorpio does. I mean, I'm kind of like having to access this like generic manual in my mind. Well, let's go 40, page 43. I wonder what a Scorpio would do in this situation. And I've been a Scorpio this whole life. So, um, you know, what would a Scorpio do here? A Scorpio would not steer away from what is being talked about. You know, that kind of retraining myself to trust my Scorpio instincts. Now, when I did that, uh, there, there are times when I have been called um, arrogant. And that, that has happened. And uh, I have a big ego, but I don't think ego is bad, and I hope you don't either. I want, you know, I want you to understand this is how I live, and I want to teach you this, and everything I do is about teaching this, but aligning ego with what else is important to you, the rest of you, the rest of your being. So this doubt of Lucifer says you shouldn't do this because you will be arrogant or selfish or whatever. You know, you'll, you'll take up too much space, whatever. You'll be too shiny, you know, Lucifer bringing light, being too shiny. And so we don't do it, and then uh, we actually fail to bring light if we hold ourselves back. So this doubt of the mind is remedied by checking in with the heart, by understanding what's the true motivation here, having the heart sense into why the mind wants this. Why am I about to do this thing? Am I about to do this thing because I get off on being right or charming or whatever you know i get off on being the center of attention shiny lucifer thing or am i doing this because it's a way i can offer service and that becomes the bottom line so ultimately aligning your mind which is to say your ego with your heart heals all doubt and when you do that lucifer wherever it is in your chart becomes a vehicle 
through which you, loving yourself, wired exactly as you are, offer service to everybody else. Bringing light. Think about that. Being, what if you were the source of light? Now, whatever you think light is, light is uh, insight, knowledge, love, wisdom, compassion, whatever it is for you, everybody has a Lucifer asteroid 1930 in his or her chart. And the default mode is being afraid to do it because we don't want to stand out too much. We don't want to be too loud. We don't want to take up too much space. We don't, you know, we don't want to be who we are because we're afraid it's too big because of the cultural context in which we've been trained for the last approximately, you know, a couple thousand years. So this is a big deal for everybody. It's a, it, it, you know, I said earlier, it's one of the niche archetypes I work with. You know, that's just because I'm the one who's focusing on them. They seem like niche things to me. When I tell the story to people, it, you know, vast majority of the time, it's brand new to them. So uh, the way I do Chiron, when I tell the Lilith story, Lilith is more well-known than Lucifer, but uh, has been demonized for longer, and people are very familiar you know, with that's the, uh, the horrible expletive lady who's the mother of all demons. Um, but uh, the Lucifer thing, you know, telling the story, it's new for people. And I'm also doing Iris and Nessus and, and a couple other things where I tell these stories. Uh, but, but the Lucifer one answers a question. How can, how can I be of service? And as I've mentioned before, I think, on this show, because I, I mention it everywhere I go, I believe that when layers of self-doubt and self-judgment and received, absorbed judgments from others, when all these things and, these, and fears about doing the wrong thing or making a mistake or hurting people, when all these things are peeled away, every single human wants to be of service. We recognize that we're all the same. And when I talk about Pluto, it's in the context of we peel back layers of personality to get to the wisdom of soul that can be represented in our Plutonian journeys. And um, when it comes to Lucifer, it's this bringing light. I'm not afraid to be shiny because if I'm shiny, you might give yourself permission to shine as well. It's not about, it's not about anybody giving you permission. It's about you deciding that you get to shine just like anybody else does. And if you look at somebody who feels very self-confident in a Luciferian kind of way, in a shining kind of way, I'm willing to uh, to stand out from the crowd and and um, have a healthy sense of ego, grounded, strong, uh, rooted in and aligned with my heart. I'm willing to do that. Other people who doubt their right to shine can start projecting upon you. And this is a major feature of human history. And um, just understanding that somebody who stands up and says, I have a vision, and other people say, not quite sure you're supposed to be making that much noise. And the person says, no, 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 I have a vision. No, this will help all of us. Please let me give you this gift. Lots of those stories are Lucifer stories. So evil is about separating yourself from what you know is good. That, that's the definition of evil that I, that I work with. Evil is separating from what you know is good. And I argue that every person has an inner goodness barometer. It can be synced with the moral compass, <laughs> but morality can actually be shaped you know, moral response, ethical responses and considerations can actually be shaped in ways that that inner barometer 
of of knowledge this is right this is wrong can't be can't be shaped the same way and um so you align your head with your heart you cease doubting and you dissent and you doubt when appropriate so i want to run through the uh the lucifer in the houses and the signs and then after the second break in about 10 minutes uh i am going to take a uh, caller questions you can ask me about uh, the lucifer thing or if you have other questions feel free to call in uh that number is 877-230-3062 again that's 877-230-3062 and i'll be taking calls after the first break you can queue up if you want uh but we'll be taking the calls after that so where where Lucifer is in the houses. I'm just going to give you a sentence or two on each one. And if you want to know more, get the living in the present tense report. Uh, that'll 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 flush things out. And um, but wherever it shows up in the houses, uh, we're afraid to shine. But it's actually the uh, the the quickest route to being of what one might call divine service. Um, and Lucifer in the first will be the use of the body and the personality and style and the fact of existing can doubt the 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 fact the idea that you have the right to exist with lucifer in the first and also to be a dissenting figure to doubt the right that that's appropriate lucifer in the second the use of uh of resources the use of money but a lot of times it'll show up as the use of skills and gathering skills what you're interested in learning may seem self-serving but it's actually a route to you bringing light in the third house, it's about asking questions, learning, communication, and speaking, you know, having a voice. And so, uh, people with Lucifer in the third might doubt that they should express their curiosity, but expressing that curiosity will f- make the mind function in a way that actually will enable them to bring light. Lucifer in the fourth is about belonging, acceptance, and family. And uh, anything in the fourth house indicates a, a sort of energetic, psychic uh, inheritance from family. So when Lucifer is in the fourth, we also know with certainty that there's a Luciferian figure in the family of origin that's pr- probably not the native. person would have been born to a family and gotten exposure to an ego issue. That's how it comes out a lot. People seem arrogant or selfish or are self-serving, and that's kind of how we learn about this from other people in the negative way. Um uh, in the fifth house, it's about uh, creative self-expression and playfulness and spontaneity. And so this person might have an inner uh, – <laughs> kind of a random example – an inner tap dancer. He or she doesn't let out because when the person does, an entire room can be blown away by the joy that's pouring out of the person and that's and can be self-conscious about standing out quite too much, being too shiny in the house of creativity. Lucifer in the sixth house – uh, service. You know, this is where you have people who will serve while trying to strengthen and, and ground their ego. But lots of times in the sixth house, being of service and be take, you know, taking one for the team, being a team player, sacrificing, you know, egoic individuality for a group effort. That's a lot in the sixth house, ego sacrifice. Uh, Lucifer in the sixth can be seen as uh, too big for the britches and, and, uh, somebody who's supposed to be of service, but, here is taking up too much space and doing something not appropriate. In the seventh house, it's about relationships, but we're talking about uh, experiencing give and take. And uh, showing up as an equal is a huge thing in the seventh house because the, the part and parcel is uh, relationships. So to show up as somebody representing yourself and saying, well, this is what I'm willing to offer 
and this is what I would like to play with with you, that Lucifer in the seventh person may end up uh, seeming uh, self-serving in a way. But you know what? We all have to bring the first house into the seventh to do it right. We have to be individuals and then bring ourselves to others. So what's the problem, right? Yeah, Lucifer in the eighth. Uh, about trust issues and sharing resources with others. Uh, this is going to be classic grounds for um, projection from others that you have an ego problem if you have any boundaries. <laughs> well, we share a checking account, but this thing is actually very important to me to build into our agreement about how it functions. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Look how selfish you are. That, that kind of thing. Not across the board, but that's one possibility. Lucifer in the ninth, it's about intuition, right brain. It's about seeking the truth. And this is where you can ask hard questions of dogmatic, indoctrinated people and be told that, you know, uh, you should stop thinking. You should stop asking questions and talking. That's where that comes in. So like being a dissenter, being a doubter in the house of higher thought and religion and philosophy and belief. In the tenth house, it's about career. And so uh, in the 10th house, we become symbols for other people of what we do. And the, and the Lucifer in the 10th uh, can be bringing this energy of trying to bring light. But also if you, you know, if we fear uh, the, how do you say this? If we fear the reactions of others, they'll just automatically rush in to project it on us because they're wonderful soul helpers, <laughs> soul level helpers. Uh, but it, but there's a, a lot about trying to bring light to your community or your workplace and being thought of as arrogant, selfish, or evil or something like that. You know, just like can't get a break because you, um, you are, um, okay, because you are, um, taking up too much space and you just can't take can't, can't seem to get a break uh in the 11th house it's about uh being in groups it's about goals and creating the future and how you work with others to um to create that future because you can't do it by yourself um and so you will show up and be a symbol for a group of that you may have ideas of a vision of in some way bringing light improving something and, and you being of service through bringing light but it can actually um uh, a group mind can become a mob mind as well and a group mind can turn on its members as well and and so the idea of um doubting goals can actually come up because when you're in a group with lucifer in the 11th you might actually find yourself um not fitting in because you're bringing too much light or you're uh, you are accused of being too shiny. That's actually a good phrase for all these Lucifer, being accused of being shiny. Uh, and the Lucifer in the 12th, uh, surrender, connection to other dimensions, uh, living in multiple worlds, you're basically using psychic info even sometimes, but, uh, but living in multiple dimensions. And, um, and that can keep a person from sitting still long enough to experience anything. <laughs> so that's Lucifer through the, uh, through the houses. Uh, we're going to take our second break now, and when I come back, we'll do Lucifer in the Signs and also take your questions on this asteroid or anything else. Wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. 
A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. 2012 is here. To evolve now, we must understand ourselves on all levels. It's time to live more consciously, release the past, heal our emotions, and develop solid boundaries going forward. What's the bottom line? We need to be present. A Living in the Present Tense Astrology Report by Tom Jacobs explores four points in your birth chart to help you upgrade your experience of energy and emotion. Pluto, Chiron, Lilith, and the asteroid Lucifer as Lightbringer are explained to help you heal and experience your multidimensional self. Readers call this report amazing, beautifully written, right on the mark. Join others living in the present tense today. Order your report through tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, Tom Jacobs, your host from tdjacobs.com. And today, uh, the topic is uh, Asteroid Lucifer, which is 1930, Owning the Light. And just went through uh, the asteroid in the astrological houses, and now I'm going to do the signs. Now, the houses are parts of life. They're, they're where stuff takes place. <laughs> the signs are ways of being and motivations. So Lucifer in a sign is a way of being that you might hold back from in order to not be too shiny, not stand out too much, not be arrogant or selfish or show up as somebody who has hubris. But again, being self-interested is the uh, other side of the coin from uh, or the other side of the issue, the uh, proactive, positive, wonderful way of phrasing it, as far as uh, being selfish, being self-interested. You actually, and Lucifer teaches us this story, you cannot bring light if you are not self-interested. You cannot serve others if you do not take care of yourself and, and honor how you're wired. So Lucifer and Aries, the, the Aries way of being, is unmediated response. It's an instinctive reactivity and response. So people with Lucifer and Aries might hold themselves back from instinct, you know, doubting that they should do that and getting into this loop in the mind until they trust that what's in the heart is appropriate and then they can res- they can catch coffee cups falling and rescue kittens out of trees and whatever else uh, needs doing. Uh, Lucifer and Taurus is about slowing down and um, and making sure all the ducks are in a row and all those letters have their dots and, cro- and uh, lines affixed as crosses or whatever. So um, Taurus is about slowing down to ensure that something works well and it's going at your own speed. When I see it in clients, it, it tends to work as a, a doubt that they should have the right to go at their own pace. Lucifer in Gemini is about flexibility and approaching things with openness, like open eyes, letting your jaw drop when you're amazed. Uh, and so they can actually hold back from asking questions because they probably have been told that they're, that they think too much or they ask too many questions and they're, and they're, they're, you know, too, too, too much of themselves. Uh, Lucifer, uh, in Cancer is about feeling and flowing with emotion. They might fear that if they do that, they'll be seen as taking up too much space. Lucifer in Leo is the, you know, this element of shining in the, the the sign of trying to shine so so it's a it's kind of a holding back of taking up space getting attention being the center of attention and really expressing the self now not everybody has an inner tap dancer waiting to come out but 
what it is, um, what it is about is, uh, this willingness to shine and the bottom line of Leo is an opinion. That's the basic currency of Leo is developing and expressing an opinion. Lucifer and Virgo being of service and being humble. Now, here you go. People who have Lucifer and Virgo might find that they are, uh, you know, they have issues humbling themselves because they find themselves humiliated. That's one of the things that can happen there. Lucifer and Libra is the natural flow, the give and take in relationships, and it's balancing things. If I balance this, I'll just be doing it because I'm self-centered. You know, that kind of um, thing about, but we have to learn how to balance things to be in any kind of relationship. Lucifer and Scorpio, honesty, telling the truth, revealing the self. If I show you who I really am, you'll just think I'm egotistical, something like that. Uh, in Sagittarius, the search for the truth and, and um, expansion and having faith and being buoyant. If I'm buoyant, I'll just stand out too much and, and you know, that kind of thing. In Capricorn, it's about being mature and solid and respectable. And uh, so it's kind of like that solid, mature voice would have received projection too. In Aquarius, it's about being different in any way. Being unique, being different, having a goal, having a dream, a vision that might not fit with what's happening today. And then in Pisces, it is about this process of going with the flow and letting go of things. You know, the 12th house would be all parts of life having to do with surrender. Pisces itself is the method of surrender. That moment where you say, oh, if I just relaxed, this thing would go perfectly. And you do it. And so Lucifer in Pisces uh, has to do with uh, blocking that. And, you know, uh, if I do that, uh, people might uh, think I'm too full of myself, something like this. So we do have a caller. We have uh, Sheila in Illinois, and I'll give you her birth data before we welcome her on. November uh, 23rd, 1971, in Oak Park, Illinois. And uh, Sheila, do we have a birth time for you? 11.58 a.m. Okay, hold on, please. Thank you. 11.58 a.m. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to the show. And the question is, um, you wanted about 2013, and is there any info about possible marriage, right? Correct. Okay, let me pull your chart up. 23rd November 19th. Okay, good. Got it. Okay. So 2013. Well, one thing, um, okay. I'm just doing a scan of your chart. I mean, the first thing that comes, comes up is, uh, Pluto's in the 11th. So you're wondering over the course of a number of years, like where all this is going. So that's the house of goals and establishing goals. You have, um, let's see what's going on with your progressed Venus. It's at 14 Aquarius, uh, between your Vesta and your ascendant, actually. And then let's look at the seventh house, and then progress moons in the seventh. So of course this is on this is on your mind. So uh, progress moons actually just passed over natal series in the seventh. So let me, and then your Pluto's in the seventh. Oh, okay, here we go. So let me just say this because I don't do uh, I don't do predictive stuff, but I can tell you that yeah, but I can tell you that. Um, well, but I figure if you were looking for that, you wouldn't be in, interested in the show. So whatever. But like. But- um, yeah, but like progressed moon in the seventh says, yes, this priority of the moment is, you know, where's my relationship? You know, that kind of thing is totally normal. Progressed moon passing over series, natal series, is going to highlight uh, what's happening for you as far as nurturing. Now, series in the seventh can 
uh, and it's not a character flaw, it's not a criticism, but people with series in the seventh can wait for others for nurturing. And nurturing can make us feel safe and stable. So for you right now with Progress Moon there, you're getting to an idea to look at uh, what you might think a partner can do for you. And then, Sheila, doing it for yourself. And once you do that, you increase the odds the right partner comes to you. Do you understand that? Yes. Thank you. And then the story gets extremely deepened when we look at Pluto and Virgo or Pluto and Libra, early Libra in the seventh. So this is the soul's mission, right? It is in the seventh house in the seventh sign. So it's not only just your progressed moon and your series bit that we're talking about. It's this deepest thing because Pluto represents these deep wounds and these deep sense of empowerment if we can get over the wounds. So for you, abandonment has been a problem. And seeking the right partner and not finding that partner has been a problem. So what I want to tell you is this is a classic signature for the universe working with you even though it looks like it's working against you by not helping you find the right partner because certain parts of you might not be willing to choose wholeness until you have that partner. Now, does that make sense to you? Okay, great. Thank you. So I just kind of tried not to blow through that too fast. So, so that, so that's one thing. And then Pluto is conjunct Juno, the asteroid Juno at the edge of the eighth house. And that is a soul level mission, a soul level journey of this relationship stuff and all the stuff we're talking about, but adding to it the notion of commitment. So, um, you are being asked to evaluate what you're tempted to commit to and why to make sure that you're not giving your power to the existence of a relationship or the prospect of one. So I'm going to invite you to stay open, assert your intentions. This is what I want. This is what's happening. This is coming. But also say, I understand that all the experiences I'm having of not getting it are teaching me about my assumptions and my blind spots about what I let relationships do for me that I'm not doing for myself. And that will be co-creation. That will be setting it up so that when you can't have what you want, understand the universe, your guides, entirety of creation, all these things are conspiring to help you not perpetuate boneheaded karmic patterns of giving your power away to a relationship or to another specific individual. Nobody's destined to be alone. We learn through partnership. So for you, it don't even think that. Part of you might have a past life where you can't find the right partner and it's a- aching. You know, a part of you aches. But it's going to be really important for you to trust the, and your moon's in the 12th on the north node. So trust is a huge thing for you anyway. You know, a learning invitation to learn to work with the universe in the 12th house. But I'm inviting you to trust that have your intention, but when it doesn't happen according to your brain's time frame. <laughs> Take the opportunity to heal what might ache in your heart about Ceres in the seventh and Pluto in, in Libra in the seventh. That's what that's what my suggestion is. Uh, as far as the timing of things, it's on your heart because Progress Moon's in the seventh, already where Pluto natally is. Though of course it's several years from getting to Pluto, so um, you're wired that way. But you know you're at the place in your evolution where you can't 
get away with having the wrong relationships. So evaluate what you're looking for. Look at inner kids that didn't feel satisfied with love you got from family and parents. Look at, you know, teenage versions of you. You know, like you're dating, it's, you're 15 and a half years old and you just wanted someone to see you and the person couldn't see you. Look at that and heal those things because those are all, um, elements that are going to be prevalent across many lives. The most painful relationship things for you are pre- present in a bunch of lives. So if you're willing to have a little faith and move into that 12th house north node and gain some objectivity, which is an Aquarius keyword, then then you'll be you'll be uh you'll be moving along. Does all that make sense to you too, Sheila? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. And the last detail is moon on the north node. So as I say to you, oh, please just trust. Oh, it's so simple. I know it's not simple for a 12th house north node. And, uh, cause you're, right, you're accustomed to doing. You're accustomed to working out a plan and achieving a goal and doing that. But the moon on the north node says that safety and security within, you know, family relationships even hasn't been available to you in a bunch of lives. So please also kind of search through what's happening in your heart about all this stuff. And look for any part that thinks that you can't have security until you have your perfect family. Right. And love that part of yourself and learn to – I would just recommend that you learn to trust that you that you exercise this muscle that hasn't been exercised in a bunch of lives because the North Node's in the 12th. But it means that you've been learning about family through having it be a bit elusive, in some lives, that mean that might mean um, having to leave home. It might mean being adopted or fostered. It might mean like just being raised by grandparents or something. You know, different things in different lives. But there's this thing about being taken away from family or being prevented from feeling safe. Make sure that with series in the seventh, you know, echoing that uh, safety and relationship idea. Make sure that you're not um, leaving yourself disempowered or not choosing empowerment by looking for that. And I, I swear to you, when you, I mean, I swear, what am I going to promise you? But like, <laughs> but, but like when you do that, these are the blocks. And when you do that, you will open the door for the right kind of partner because you'll be willing to nurture yourself, to care for yourself. And, and here's the word, validate yourself in ways that most humans wait for other people to do, especially with Pluto and Libra in the seventh series in the seventh, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, otherwise the year, let me just give you a couple other thoughts. You know, Chiron and Neptune are dancing around your Mars in the first. And so Chiron over the Mars in the first is going to ask you to retool how your will, how your self expression and your assertiveness happens. And so that's going to be in play this whole year. And it's kind of like bringing in more energetic sensitivity to guide what you choose. Like your intuition, your psychic self, your your feeling and your visceral sense in your body of yes, no, right, left to to inform your choices even more. So that's going to be part of this year. And then transiting uh, Uranus is on your Chiron in the second. And so self-worth, freeing yourself from old conceptions that you're not worth being validated. That's a huge part of this year too. And then, of course, transiting Pluto from the 11th is squaring that and asking you to, uh, to revolutionize that as well. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I see a lot of your year. You have a wide seventh house. And so this progressed moon is going to be in there for, um, maybe it looks like over three years. 
so these issues are going to persist. And towards the end of that time, uh, progressed moon will conjunct Pluto. So you'll have uh, the opportunity. I would just take advantage now of the opportunity to look at these things with kindness and compassion so that when progressed moon gets there, you can actually deal with what comes up. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for calling. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Take care, Sheila. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. And, um, yeah, we're down to a few minutes now. And let's wrap up the uh, the conversation on um, on Lucifer. Uh, it's just fascinating to me to tell the story to people, to tell this Lucifer story of it's okay to trust that you get to shine, that you get to, you know – inhale your lungs fully and be fully incarnated here and it's okay to inspire yourself to inspire others in some way it's okay to do that and uh, as i told you i have loose for very very tight on my son and uh, my girlfriend does too actually uh she has loose for and i have uh several friends and, and other colleagues who have uh, you know very prominent Lucifers who are in the process. I mean, we're each in the process, uh, one do, one stage or another, of learning to trust that we have the right to take up space and be shiny. And uh, Lucifer on the Sun would be about creativity, right? Just give you a couple examples. Lucifer in aspect to Mars would be about expressing the will. You know, in aspect to Pluto about truth, honesty, uh, and intensity doubting that you should be intense. Oh, and actually, if uh, I hope she was still listening because her Pluto is actually conjunct Lucifer and Virgo. So that's part of the – I just give this one coda here, one addendum. <laughs> um, that's uh, important for you, Sheila, to um, trust that what, that what you ask for in relationship and the boundaries that you set up are appropriate, but to trust that. If somebody says, I really want you to do this thing that really makes you feel crappy. You get to say, you know what? I love you, and I'm not sure that I can do that for you. Like saying no, Pluto on the seventh, having the right to say no to somebody you care about and keep the relationship happening. Um, yeah, Pluto or uh, you know Lucifer in relation to Moon. Do I have the right to feel this, express this? Do I have the right to nurture myself and take time to nurture myself? So these are just some examples. See the the Lucifer for the love of God uh, recording. Uh, from tjjacobs.com, the living in the present tense natal report, one of the four archetypes is Lucifer. And it's about the emotional healing Lucifer. And there's an essay that explains this whole story and goes into uh, your house and sign. And, um, uh, and the book Living Myth, Exploring Archetypal Journeys. Join me for the intuitive skills development class uh, starting February 3rd and energy is money is energy starting on the 26th. And lastly, the Jehudi call channeling send a master Jehudi for the full moon on the 26th as well read more about tdjacobs.com and email me with comments and questions and show ideas that you'd love to hear at tom at tdjacobs.com and join me next week bye-bye you've been listening to the soul's journey with tom jacobs a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom for more information tune in every thursday at 6 p.m pacific Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.